This is the most important election in the history of our country. And yet, despite all of our greatness as a nation, everything we have achieved is now in danger. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. And when I'm reelected, the best is yet to come. to the Hip Hop Patriot. Jeremy Harrell. Probably one of the largest letdowns in political history. Just have fun. Keep fighting, God wins. We love Chad, can you just give us the update what just happened here and what's happening now? So the police have essentially shut down all negotiations, period. They've indicated that they've got marching orders essentially to reopen the highway. Um, they're not going to discuss anything further with the protesters. They've indicated that those who uh, leave now uh, are free to do so. Uh, those who remain behind run the risk of being arrested. There's various pieces of legislation and charges um, that they can essentially lay against people that remain. They've indicated that they're going to seize equipment, and they've indicated that they're going to reopen the highway. So we provided uh, the standard uh, uh, legal charter advice for folks, and we're going to see how this plays out. But we've really tried to stress uh, everyone to... Uh, kind of remain calm, remain peaceful, uh, no matter what happens, but things are pretty tense. And uh, quickly, they haven't alluded to consequences for the people who do decide to leave now, but is that still a uh, potential? It's a potential. They, they've said that they, they won't charge people, but again, uh, if someone's committed an infraction, technically they can still uh, they can still uh, arrest people. Okay. Thank you for your time, and that's truckerlawyer.ca to help these guys fight this legal fight truckerlawyer.ca ladies and gentlemen to help that trucker lawyer fight i have a feeling they're in for a long haul no pun intended i have a feeling they're in for a long haul because the canadian government just last night said that them blocking these roads is a violation of transportation uh laws and it can cause a national security issue i would uh i'd be on the argument that there already is a national security issue, and that is removing the freedoms, the God-given freedoms that every man, woman, and child of all colors, of all creeds, of all religions has at birth given to them by God. Remember, folks, we, our rights, they're not given to us by the government. The government works for us, both in the United States and in Canada, and they've bitten off a lot more than they can chew, and they're starting to realize it. And it's not just America and Canada. It's all over the world. Have you ever seen 
so many countries protesting at the same time. You are seeing a worldwide revolution. You are seeing a worldwide restoration in 2022, and you're going to see a worldwide rebirth of freedom. And we're going to experience a little bit of that right here in America as we witness the rebirth of America here in 2022. I believe God might have uh, guided me to write that song a little early. Maybe it was... um, you know, maybe like a prophet, right? I mean, I'm not a prophet, but I'm saying maybe in this situation, I wrote a song two years ago that's going to be more relevant today than it was then. Thank you very much, guys. You are locked and loaded right here on Live from America. I am your ever so humble, God-fearing, and God-loving host of the show, Jeremy Harrell, the Hip Hop Patriot. And as always, coming to you from the live, free, or die granite state of New Hampshire. And it is a blessing to be in this chair behind this camera doing this job for every one of you. It is a blessing to be fighting alongside you. And I know I say that a lot, but I'm, I say it every single day because I need to remind myself every day that it's because of you and your will and your spirit that we're here to begin with. And I'm just truly, truly honored. Um, I want to play a couple clips before we get to shout outs and before we get to the Lord's Prayer, because I want to stay uh, focused real quick on this, on these truckers and what's happening to them. Because now that the law enforcement and the government is actually going to start cracking down on them and arresting them to remove them, they're calling in tow trucks. The problem is, folks, they can't get any tow trucks out there. And the reason they can't get any tow trucks out there is because the tow truck drivers themselves... The tow truck drivers themselves have said, uh, no, we can't make it out there. Why? Because they stand with the truckers. They're telling all the police that call them, oh, sorry, we have COVID. <laughs> sorry, we can't make it. We've got COVID. Got to keep our distance. Check this out. Okay, I just, I just sitting in my truck here warming up. I just got a bunch of nice fruit dropped off to me. I was just talking to this gentleman, and this nice lady came by and had something to share with everybody. You want me to say it? Yeah, yeah. What what just happened here? Okay, I was just talking to a local that lives right here in Ottawa. He's been here for 30 years. He knows what's happening. And he told me that the mayor of Ottawa is, he called the tow truck companies to start towing these semis off from the streets. And every company said they have COVID. Imagine that. Yeah. Don't worry, Justin. We'll be gone by yesterday. <laughs> don't worry, Justin. We'll be gone by yesterday. The funny thing is, is I don't understand how Justin Trudeau thinks he's going to win here. Look, the government is a representation of the people and the people's will. And when you are running from the people and you're hiding from the people, you don't need me or anybody else to have a dialogue or a discussion about what's going on. When the, when the representation of the people is hiding from the people because they are afraid because of the uh, because of the rules or laws that they have chosen to just take upon themselves and then force onto the free people of that nation. Ladies and gentlemen, there's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with that. And if they think they're going to be able to stop this and win, they're dead wrong. You would have to literally kill and nuke every one of your citizens in order to win. And then what are you? Then you're then you're just a dictator of nothing. You know what I mean? It's not going to end well. And the great thing about it is is Everybody that runs a country is standing up together, and that's what we need to do here in America. We're going to talk a little bit about that today on today's show because we're going to be having Lee Dundas come on the show, and I've been talking um, with her team quite a bit lately behind the scenes and with the organizers of these groups, and I kind of have an inside scoop on what's going on and what they're trying to accomplish. You're not going to beat them. You're not going to beat them because there are too many people 
Okay, You're, there are too many people uh, that are working together. The tow truck companies are working with the truckers. They're not going to come out and get them. What are you going to do? The police don't have all the resources. They don't have the resources, the manpower, or the time to be able to do this. Sooner or later, you're going to have to give in. Now, I want to play you one more video before we get to the Lord, and that is a video of a Canadian politician who decided to take matters into her own hands and turn the tables on Mr. Blackface Justin Trudeau. Mr. Speaker, and I apologize that that minister is misleading Canadians. I do get very defensive of Canadians who are outside today, patriotic, peace-loving Canadians who are called misogynists and racist by the Prime Minister. So again, I will ask the Prime Minister, who may I remind this House wore blackface on more times than he can remember, apologize to the peace-loving, patriotic Canadians who are outside right now just asking to be heard. Will he speak to them? How many times has Justin Trudeau wore blackface? Too many times to count. How many times has Justin Trudeau been a part of peace-loving protests that burned everything in their sight, i.e. Black Lives Matter? He's the one who said he does it, not me. I have proudly joined and stand with Black Lives Matter and Antifa But these truckers are wrong, and their views are wrong. They have unacceptable views, he said, and they are flying Nazi insignia. I didn't know that the Canadian flag was Nazi Nazi insignia. I didn't know that the American flag was Nazi insignia. But it is to a dictator who's out of touch with his people, and I see Justin Trudeau uh, being forced out of office. That's where I I believe this is going to go. This is not going to go with two sides coming together and working through it. Because Trudeau has already said the government is not willing to budge an inch on this because the vaccines are the greatest thing known to man. (laughs) Wow. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, um, I want to give some shout outs. So let me know where you are. Let me know who you are. Let me know the city or state that you are repping and I will shout you out. I'm going to go over to Getter first, okay? So hold off on Rumble. I want to go over to Getter because we've got Trina Griffin. Trina, I want to let you know that you are going to be a recipient of some of the slurp fund money to help you fix your car. I was reached out to yesterday by one of our own Life from America family members who said that you, don't, you can't even get to anywhere. You can't get to work. You can't get to, work, you can't get to uh, get groceries because your car won't run and uh, you need a new starter immediately. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to uh, take away $250 from the Slurp Fund and we're going to send that to you. So God bless you and we love you and just uh, we'll keep you in our prayers, okay? Um, Carol from Illinois. How you doing, girl? Good to see you. Tracy from California is watching on Getter. Good morning. Uh, Chuckleyberry says, hi, Cherokee. How you doing? Good to see you. Bev, good morning. Great to see you. Amanda Collins, God bless you, girl. We love you. Thank you for all you've done for our family and all the gifts that you've sent. Monroe 2, New Jersey. How you doing? Good to see you. Larry Reha is in the building. Vicki Vale is watching on Getter. Getter's on fire right now. Getter's very easy, folks. Just repost and it's on your, it's on your page. You can do that. We're looking for those thousand shares. Maryland from Tampa, Florida. And one more, we've got Michael Bond from Bradenton, Florida. Now let's move over to our home, which is Rumble. We've got Mark watching from, how you doing, Mark and Sandy? Good to see you both. Thank you very much. Uh, Mirna, good to see you. Judith Bailey, how you doing? Good to see you, girl. Thank you very much. Cheryl Bryant from the great state of Georgia. Jackie Summers, good to see you. Thank you very much. Richmond, uh, Kentucky says cheesecake. Richmond, Kentucky in the house. Ruth Ann. From Pennsylvania, God bless you and thank you. Pam, good to see you. I appreciate you. Jenny from Colorado Springs. Jenny, how are you? God bless you. We love you as always. 
Thank you very much for joining in. And Sheila from Lake, uh, looks like Lake Michigan, somewhere around Lake Michigan. How you doing, Sheila? And one more. Let's give it to Sarah from Alabama. God bless you, girls and guys. Thank you for joining in. I appreciate it. I also want to give a few more shout-outs from some letters that I opened this morning or some gift, um, some gifts, some donations. Steve and Tina uh, Wainer, Kathy Rankin, Martha and Mitch uh, Michael Dillon, J.B. Cutbreath, R.C. Crowley and D.L. Crowley. Good. Thank you very much. What a wonderful large donation that you guys sent because you understand the importance of the show. It's truly phenomenal. David and Sybil Kaiser and Deb Webb. Thank you all for your kindness, folks. There are so many of you that have held this show up and propped this show up during its time of need. I could not possibly get to each and every one of you, but all of those who are on the new donation platform on JeremyHerald.com, I am working on sending you out a mass email. Hopefully today that'll get done. Uh, Just saying thank you and just letting you know that I have received your donation and it's there and it's working and it's recurring. We are now, ladies and gentlemen, 77% of our way to our monthly goal. 77%. And everything that comes in through Rumble Rant, uh, Rumble Rants pays for the salary of the producer and uh, helps go to the Slurp Fund so we can constantly have that uh, um, rebuilt uh, because after sending out 400 and 250 after yesterday, folks, we are at 1,000 for the Slurp Fund, just so you all know. Let's get busy, folks, because we got a lot to go to when it comes to the Lord. This morning's newsletter uh, was titled, Do You Feel Depressed Lately? Please read. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there because I've seen emails, many, many, many folks every single day that come in and talk about the hard time they're having and depression being a real problem. And depression is something that the Bible targets a lot and tells you how to get through that. It's really a wonderful thing. And we're going to go and, and talk a little bit about that right now. I said, good morning. I'm pleased to announce that we are 77% of our way back to our monthly income. And all glory goes to God. And all thank yous go to all of you. So may God bless you for your kindness. Having said that, I know that you may be feeling depressed lately. If not, then you have somebody in your family or at your work that is depressed. Depression is a terrible thing. And it's more common now than ever before in modern history. The lack of the gospel in people's lives and seeing nothing but terrible news and bad attitudes every day, all day, mixed with whatever medication the doctors got you taken. uh, That's the reason, folks. Those are the reasons that we have so much depression. So let's get into it. Verse of the day comes from Psalm 42, 8 through 11. Again, for all those who are joining in with their Bibles, it is Psalm 42, 8 through 11. But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. And through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. O God, my rock, I cry. Why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones and they scoff. Where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I put my hope in God, and I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Depression, folks, is one of the most common emotional ailments. One antidote for depression is to meditate on the record of God's goodness to his people. This will take your mind off the present situation as you focus your thoughts on God's ability to help you rather than your inability to to help yourself. That's where we always get it wrong, folks. When you feel depressed, take advantage of this psalm 
This psalm's antidepressant. Read the Bible's accounts of God's goodness and then meditate on them and do what Christ did. Help people, folks. That's it. When you start helping others, you would be amazed about how your depression just leaves you like it was never there. When you're depressed, the last thing that you want to do about it is anything. You all know. All of you who that are watching this right now that might be in a depressive uh, state right now or been depressed, understand that the last thing you want to do is anything at all. But you have to. You have to. There are too many people counting on you. You have to open up this verse or others in the Gospels of the New Testament and you have to read them very carefully. Then make yourself get up and go help others. Helping others and making their day will cure your depression so fast that it'll make your head spin. You don't need pills. You don't need a human therapist. You have access to the greatest therapist in the known universe. All you have to do is ask. Get on your knees today, folks. Cry out to Jesus to help you, to hold you, to guide you. If you're sincere from the heart and believe with all your soul, then your life will start to change so fast and you can finally say goodbye to depression. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to go right to the Lord's Prayer after that because there's nothing that really needs to be said in between that and giving glory to God and thanking God. There's nothing that needs to be said. So please join with me. Remove your hats. Focus on the cross. Focus on that depression that you might be feeling today. And let's eradicate it. Let's eradicate it like it never existed. Let's put on that full armor of God so it never, ever comes back again. And when it does, you'll be equipped to fight it off so fast that it'll never think about coming back again. Join with me. Here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Sorry about that, folks. I get a little choked up. <clears throat> I get a little choked up when I think about all the stuff that I read every day that comes in. People just, so many people out there that have a hard time, that are having a hard life, and it breaks my heart every day part of the reason why we have the slurp fund to try to help people out and inspire people and give them hope you know let's take let me take a quick drink here hold on i apologize all right if you're ready i'm ready i'm not crying you're crying if you're ready I'm ready. Let's get to the first and foremost section. Put a smile on your face. Get yourself pumped up. Ask for heavenly courage. Ask for heavenly stamina. And let's get through this show. And let's get through it all together. Because there's a lot of facts, a lot of numbers for you guys to have for ammo. So that you can go out there and you can do exactly what you see on this show every day. Fight, fight, fight. And win, win, win ladies and gentlemen, and I'm just seeing right now that Jeff Zucker just resigned 
from CNN. And we knew this day was coming. I'm so thankful for all of you for keeping me informed while I'm on the show with the up-to-date stuff. You guys are like having my own little reporters in my ear. Put your coffee cups up, ladies and gentlemen. And let's have a toast to the resignation of literally one of the worst human beings on this planet, Mr. Jeff Zucker. Sayonara, pedophile. Have a good one. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. All right, folks, here we go. First and foremost, I'm ready. Let's go. You know, all these jobs that Biden said that he created after actually creating no jobs, but just allowing people to go back to work. We've talked about it for the last couple months on the show. It's something you're familiar with. That's ammo that you already have. Well, ladies and gentlemen, sooner or later, we knew the bottom was going to fall out of that lie. We knew that the bottom was going to fall out of that lie because it can't, you can't, a lie can't last forever. It can't because sooner or later, the truth catches up to it. A light is exposed on it and the rats go scurrying. Sooner or later, this idea of I've created, come on, folks, I've created more jobs than any president in history. Come on, man. We knew that was a lie and we knew the bottom was going to fall out of it. Well, that day is today. That day is today. You want to hear about more winning? That day is today. Now, I'm not saying this news that you're about to hear is good news because if the country's not winning, none of us are winning. But as far as politically, we knew this day was going to come. We've been telling the left it was going to come. They've been so ridiculously ignorant that they have no idea about how economics work, how GDP works, how any of it works anyway. And today's the day you're going to be able to go to them and say, look, this ain't great news, but here's the deal. Here's what we knew was going to happen and you didn't listen to us. That day is today because there is nobody that really has any job to go back to at this point. It's almost like we're at a standstill with people who are going to get vaccinated. Those who are going to get it have already gotten it. Those who aren't never will. We're at a standstill. We knew that day was going to come. It's the same thing with jobs. There are no jobs to go back to anymore. All the jobs that people could go back to, they went back to. And the people that didn't go back to work are just literally not going back to work. They figured out a way to live off the government's teeth and they're going to continue to do that, okay? But now the real numbers, ladies and gentlemen, are hitting. And companies unexpectedly cut 301,000 jobs in January as Omicron slams the labor market. Well, it's not Omicron that slammed the, the labor market. It's Joe Biden and his stupid policies. Key points to this, private payrolls fell by 301,000 for January versus the estimate for a 200,000 job gain. That is 510,000 or 501,000 jobs, folks. They needed 200. They needed to create 200. That's what they were expecting. That's what they needed. And that's a low number, by the way. That's a low number coming off the greatest job creation of all time. We knew it was a lie. 500,000. It's a 500,000 job swing right there. You're hoping for 200 and you find out that you're negative 301,000. That's called failing. That is not called succeeding. According to payroll's processing firm, ADP. Second point, second key point to take away from this. This was the first reported net job loss since December of 2020. And we all know why. We all know why. Because everybody was shut down and they were starting to go back to work. And we knew that the day would come where the bottom fell out, where there was no jobs to go back to. And that is today. For the first time since December 2020 and came as surging Omicron cases hit hiring. It's not the case at all. It's not the case at all. It's fear-mongering and lies. It's not Omicron. It's the fear-mongering and the lies behind the Omicron. 
Wow, look at that. Leckard, Leckard says for the slush front fund, thank you very much. What a large donation, and God bless you. That is amazing, and I appreciate that. The th- third key point, I got to keep rolling, guys, and I'm sorry I can't take more time. The pandemic-sensitive leisure and hospitality industry was the hardest hit, losing 154,000 jobs. You know what they're talking about when they say leisure and hospitality? They're talking about everything that you would go to as a tourist or visiting somewhere, food, and hotels, food and hotels, service jobs. They were the hardest hit. Hmm. I wonder why. I tell you, man, these people are I, I, the, 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 the left who's been on TikTok and everywhere else saying, oh, look how great Biden's doing. I cannot believe they just don't see this. I can't believe they don't understand common sense. Companies cut job in January for the first time in more than a year as the spread of the COVID Omicron which is nothing more than a sniffle, appeared to hit hiring payroll processing ADP confirmed uh, today, earlier this morning. Private payrolls felt by 301,000 for the month, well below Dow Dow Jones' estimate of growth of 200,000. Manufacturing also lost 21,000 positions while education and health services deported or reported, (laughs) I got deporting on the mind, reported a drawdown of 15,000 and construction fell by 10,000. Service providing industries were responsible for 274,000 of the job losses with goods producers falling by 27,000. The labor market recovery took a step back at the start of 22 due to the effect of the Omicron variant and its significant, though likely temporary, impact to job growth. And this is coming from uh, the uh, ADP, okay? This is coming from the ADP, and it's also reported by CNBC. So even in the report, which has tons of facts, which is terrible for the Biden administration, terrible for the Biden administration, even though it's got all those facts, it's surrounded by a bunch of fluff and puff, and you've got uh, people not telling you what the real reason is. Again, this is mainstream media not getting to the cancer, not digging out the reason, getting to the cancer and saying, why is this happening? They just want to jump to Omicron. Oh, Omicron. Omicron. They don't want to get to the root of it. They just don't because they're that weak and they're that stupid and they're that naive or they're that, they have that much of an agenda. I don't know. Now, let's go from that. And let's now go look at how many people quit their jobs in December now that those numbers came out yesterday. In December, we now know that 4.3 million people quit their jobs in December of 2021. Now, if you watch this show, you know that we have been keeping an eye on this every single month and we've been tallying up all the jobs that people, le- uh, that people uh, um, left or lost by leaving their jobs or quitting. Now, that doesn't mean that those people are out of the workforce, not by any means. Those people are most likely, a good majority of them anyway, still in the workforce. But that's not why we're pointing to that. We're pointing to that because those job numbers, those job uh, loss numbers of people quitting their jobs, from month to month to month to month, we've never seen anything like that. So you have to dig to the cancer. What is the root of people leaving their jobs? What is that root? And I guarantee you that 80, 90% of the reason that people are leaving their jobs is because of COVID-19, the vaccine, the scare, the fear, and the masks and the crap. It's not because they just don't want to do that job anymore. They're going in search of jobs. They're actually saying, you know what? We need work. We don't care. We don't have a vaccine mandate. Come to work. So in a way, in a way, those bigger corporations that are putting in all of those vax and mask mandates, this is kind of nature's way or God's way of kind of saying, okay, 
You know how the you know how the Democrats want to redistribute wealth by taking all the wealth from the people that actually created it or have it or earned it and giving it to the people who haven't or the less fortunate? Well, this is kind of the same this is in that same range here. We're now take God is taking all of these corporations that took over during the pandemic and he's now taking those people and pushing them back into the smaller jobs and the smaller businesses so that we can grow the small business uh, of this country. And it's kind of a redistribution of workers, isn't it? It might look bad. It might look bad and it's definitely bad for Biden politically, but when you're talking about just reality, it's actually good because these people are leaving these large corporations and they're going to work for smaller companies. That's a good thing. But let's break down the numbers since I've been keeping track of this because like I said, in December, 4.3 million people left their job. Add that with the 4.3 million that left in November, 8.6 now. Add that with the... um, Oh, no, excuse me. It was 4.5 in November. My bad. So it was 4.3 in December, 4.5 in November, 4.4 in August. I mean, September, excuse me. And 4.6 in August. In October was 4.3 as well. I mean, you're talking 20 million people, folks. You're talking 20 million people left these large corporations because of vax and mask mandates and all that other crap they had to deal with, and they went and found jobs elsewhere. That is how we grow this economy. We have to start over. We have to get rid of these large corporations that are, that are literally running everybody's lives, and they're no different than the big tech companies or the government or the government agencies. They're all corrupt. They all work together, and they all just accumulated so much wealth during the beginning part of this pandemic and crushed small businesses and put people out of business. But guess what? A record number of businesses also have started in the last year. Since, 20, uh, since uh, 2021, a record number of businesses, small businesses, have started as well. So all these numbers, folks, there's good and there's bad to these numbers. It just depends on which side of the aisle or who you are that looks at it. If you're President Biden, resident Biden, I mean, if you're resident Biden, oh, excuse me, whoa, whoa, excuse me, I had to stop real quick, folks, because... Um, Leckard, I don't know your name, and I'm sorry, just donated another 500. So donated a 500 for the slush, the Slurp Fund and donated 500 to help anything, anybody else out who might need it or anything. See that kind of kindness, folks? That's the kind of stuff that other news shows don't have. They don't have a closeness to the people that watch them, and I just had to stop there and talk about that, and I I'm just appreciate it so much. Now, if you're resident Biden, these numbers are very bad. If you're the regular, everyday, average American, these numbers are not so bad because we need to look at the forest for the trees. We have to look and read between the lines and understand where are these people going that are quitting? Well, we know. We know where they're going. So, again, this is a terrible, terrible, terrible day for the Biden administration. We knew it was coming. We knew the bottom was going to fall out. But there is a silver lining in that. There is a glass half Full. Speaking of that glass, let's take a slurp right now, shall we? All right, moving on. If you have not shared the video yet, please do so. Let's get this out there. Let's go over to Getter real quick. We've got about 280 people watching on Getter, but we've got well over 5,000 watching on Rumble. And to the Roku and Fire Stick group, God bless you too. Here we go. Next story, Wisconsin Election Commission. You know there's six of them. Five of them... Um, under the investigation of the uh, Racine County Sheriff, five of them were basically, I mean, they should have felony charges, but they don't yet. 
So that's the attorney general's fault. But when the Racine County Sheriff's Department did their investigation, they recommended that five of the six election commission members in Wisconsin have felony charges. They did their job. We should be focusing on the district attorney or the attorney general in Wisconsin and saying, why aren't these people charged yet when you've had a very, very thorough and reputable investigation by a county sheriff's department because you wouldn't put in any uh, effort to do it yourselves. The GOP would put no effort into doing it themselves. So the Racine County Sheriff's Department took all of the testimony, all of the accusations, and they started doing their own investigation, found out, hey, five of these losers need felony charges. Five of these losers need felony charges. But guess what? They still have not been charged. The Wisconsin Election Commission now has enacted a rule that would enable local officials to fill in missing ballot information on envelopes. That's exactly what we're trying to get away from. And I shouldn't be the one that's at the, at, at the top of this story. The Wisconsin GOP should be the ones at the top of this story. Unbelievable. The WEC passed a rule that local election officials can fill in missing information on ballot envelopes. The WEC in 2016 issued guidance saying clerks could correct witness addresses mistakes on absentee ballot envelopes without contacting the witness. Republicans believe both policies are ripe for fraud. Then how come none of them are doing anything about it? That's what I want to know. Why do we have so many weak-willed individuals? Why do we have such a, so many spineless losers in our elected official? I just don't get it. The WEC is moving ahead with enacting a rule that will make clear that local election officials can fill in missing information on absentee ballot envelopes submitted by voters. The bipartisan commission voted 4-2 to two on Monday to use its existing guidance on correcting absentee ballot envelopes with drafting an emergency rule spelling out what is allowed for clerks. Anything but bipartisan, by the way. I hate the way uniparty morons use that word like it actually means something. The Wisconsin State Journal reports that the commission's vote follows a demand from the legislature's Republican-controlled Rules Committee, and we all know who's in charge of the Rules Committee in Wisconsin, don't we? for emergency rules on such envelope curing, as well as on the use of ballot drop boxes by February 9th. Now, I want to tell you guys all something real quick. You guys know who Michael Gableman is, right? We've talked about Michael Gableman on this show before. Michael Gableman is the former state Supreme Court judge who's been in, uh, basically in charge of the investigation of the Zuckerbucks that are coming in and other election fraud and other election fraud folks. I got a hold of Michael Gableman yesterday, two days ago. We're going to have uh, Michael Gableman come on the show, and we're going to break down exactly what's going on up there in Wisconsin. Because of the fact that we can't get a straight answer from this guy, that guy, this girl, that girl, we're going to go right to a source that's actually involved in a lot of it, and we're going to bring Michael Gableman on, hopefully, hopefully this week, if not early next week, and we're also going to be bringing Lee Dundas on as well, um, civil rights attorney Lee Dundas. We got a lot to talk about with these two individuals. They're in the midst of everything. They're tip of the spear where they're doing and what they're doing, so we're going to bring them on, and I have wanted, I've wanted Lee Dundas on the show for quite a while, so that's going, to be a, that's going to be an honor to get her on the show. Michael Gableman, I respect what he's doing ever since he put out that very first video. If you remember back in the old studio, we played it where he said, look, here's what I'm here to do. 
This is my job. I'm going to do it. And I don't want to, I don't want to hear any crap. Basically. I love that opening video when he said, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. So we're going to get Mike on the show and I can't wait to have him, but we're going to break this down and we're going to find out exactly what needs to be done with this Wisconsin election commission, because they are out of control, out of control. Same thing with that rules committee. We're coming for you. We know who you are politically. We're coming for you. Lindsey Graham is a pure rhino. Never trust that moron. Well, Trump actually called that out yesterday, didn't he? About time. It's about time. About time Trump starts calling out some of these, uh, some of these large, uh, large-named rhinos who have been kind of flip-floppy with him. And, I would, and I, would, uh, I would urge President Trump to do the same thing with Kevin McCarthy. He's done it with Mitch McChina, okay? He's done it with Ronna McDaniel. He's done it with Lindsey Graham. And now, President Trump, I call on you and I know you're, you are far more intelligent than I am when it comes to what's going on in your life and your campaign and all that. I get it. But looking on the outside, looking from the outside in, from your supporters, from your, uh, the people that are fighting for you, you need to call out Kevin McCarthy too. And you need to take his job in November. We're going to talk about that today as well. All right, let's get to the next story, ladies and gentlemen. So Whoopi Goldberg got a slap on her hand, right? Han Solo. Whoopi Goldberg got a slap on her hand with a two-week suspension. Now, in my opinion, Whoopi Goldberg should be fired. In my opinion, Whoopi Goldberg should be fired. Does that mean I think that we should all call ABC and ask her to be fired and do the cancel culture thing on her? No. Now, I'm not saying if you do that, you're wrong. That's up to you. I'm not calling for people to do that, and I'm not going to rile people up and cheerlead for people to do that. Reason why is because I don't believe in cancel culture. I believe in real honest to God, truth, feeling, emotions, and people doing things that are right, okay? If ABC wants to keep her on there after she made such a stupid comment and such a racist, ridiculously ignorant comment, then by all means, keep her on there. I don't watch The View anyway. You're subject matter for me, okay? Maybe we can create another Star Wars movie out of you, call, call it the, the, uh, the, uh, the origins of, of uh, Jabba the Hutt. I don't know. Either way, I could care less. I could care less. I would like to see her fired, yes, because she offended a lot of people, and if that was a Republican, they would be hung in Times Square, okay? I don't care who they are, what name they have, what family they're a part of, or what color they are, they'd be crucified. But because she said it, she gets a little two-week slap on the hand, right? Now, ABC made her apologize, which was a half-concocted apology anyway that we played yesterday. Again, don't really care. Don't care. I just want to see evil people removed from their positions. That's all. I don't want to, just like, they, just like they're worried about President Trump spreading misinformation, they spread misinformation every day. Oh, the words coming from Joe Rogan and President Trump could get people killed. The words coming from you morons could get everybody killed because you, you're just a bunch of clucking hens who literally have no common sense. You might have some degrees. You might have some bachelor or some associates or maybe some master's degrees, but that doesn't make you intelligent. That doesn't make you in touch. That just makes you the smartest moron in the room. That's all. Now, the funny thing about this is all of these networks started coming out and talking about her, right? They all started saying, oh, she shouldn't have said that. She shouldn't have said that. But these networks didn't care before. They were saying the same thing Whoopi does, but this is how they eat each other. Remember when I said losers focus on winners while winners focus on winning? Well, that's what these mainstream media vultures do. They don't care about who it is. They're like, who can we latch on to today? I just want to play this few-minute video 
from CBS talking about ABC's Whoopi Goldberg. Goldberg on The View. She's under fire for something she said after a Tennessee school board removed a graphic novel about the Holocaust from its curriculum. Listen to this. The Holocaust isn't about race. <laughs> no. No. It's well, not about race. It's about man's inhumanity to man. That's what it's about. But it's about white supremacy. It's well, about but it's not, it's not about and, and race. It's it's but these are two Roma. white groups of people. All right, so others at the table, along with critics, pointed out that the Nazis, in fact, did see Jewish people as an inferior race. Oh, wow. On The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, she appeared to stand by what she said. Listen to this. I was saying, you can't call this racism. This was evil. Mm -hmm. this, wasn't, this wasn't based on the skin. Have you come to understand that the Nazis saw it as race? Well, because they might, like, well, asking the Nazis, they would say, yes, it's a racial issue. Well, see, this is what's interesting to me, because the Nazis lied. It wasn't. They, they had issues with ethnicity, not with race, because most of the Nazis were white people, and most of the people they were attacking were white people. So... All right, so Goldberg issued an apology on Twitter last night saying, quote, I stand corrected, I'm sorry for the hurt that I have caused. Um, during her Colbert appearance also last night, Goldberg also indicated that as a black woman, her experience as a black woman um, has led her to think of race as something that she can see. It's skin. About skin. But see how they try to cover the for her? needs to be made. Um, see that? The Holocaust, the Shoah, was not about race. It wasn't about skin color. Um, race was irrelevant. Hitler, if you read his odious diatribe, Mein Kampf, or if you even read the Nuremberg Laws of Nazi Germany, saw Jews as an inferior race, and they set about to systematically wipe them out off the face of the earth. Well, speaking of the Nuremberg Code, since you're so well-versed there, since you're so well-versed over there on CBS, and you're, and, you're, and you're quoting from Mein Kampf and the Nuremberg Code, and you're using the, Nur the Nuremberg Code as a reference to say, you know, it's definitely something that is valued and true, <laughs> you see the stupidity and the hypocrisy here? You see the hypocrisy of these people? Oh, the Nuremberg Code. Well, speaking of the Nuremberg Code there, dum-dum, let's talk about that. Are you in favor of these shots? Force these shots on people? Well, yeah, I think everybody's got to be safe. Nuremberg Code. Nuremberg Code. Nope. Nuremberg. You see how they put her out there everywhere, put her on late night TV? We got to get her on there. This is a mad rush. This is a last minute rush of ABC to try to get her garbage bag looking butt all over the TV. I'm sorry, I didn't know what I said. And listen, oh, it sounds like, you know what she sounds like? She sounds a bro like a broke Tony Fauci and she looks like a hefty garbage bag sitting there. What happened to her? What happened to her? She looks like she ate Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> she looks like she ate Jabba the Hutt. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen. We gotta give her the dumb dumb award again. I know we gave it to her yesterday, but we got we gotta give it to Usa Busa Dum Dum. <laughs> All right. Let's move away from that. Like I said, folks, if you want to cancel culture, her, go ahead. If you want to call, go ahead. I'm not gonna be like, let's all call right now. Look, I don't believe in that crap. You know what? Freedom of speech. She said what she said, and guess what? There are consequences. I are consequences. I teach my kids from a young age, that there are consequences for your actions. You do something stupid, something bad will happen to you because of the stupidity that you, uh, that you showed. And that's exactly what happens, folks. Consequences for your actions. You can't beat God. 
Let God take care of it. We don't need to be like the left and calling up and going, we demand you to get rid of her. Look, we're not the left. Get rid of her. Keep her. Either way, their ratings are in the trash. So who cares? Who cares? All right, moving on from somebody who didn't just get a slap on the hand, but actually got their case completely swept right under the rug. New York Attorney General Letitia James, the one who is so bloodthirsty after President Donald J. Trump, announced yesterday that there will be no more criminal charges sought for pedophile, sexual abuser, and sexual harasser, and elderly murderer, Andrew Cuomo, former governor of New York. There will be no more charges. Remaining sexual harassment case charges against former governor Andrew Cuomo have been dropped by who? Letitia James. Just look at him. Remember this? Remember this face every day? Remember? Got his Emmy, got his millions of dollars. Ugh. Ugh. Don't miss him. Anyway, the final criminal case against former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo was dropped by the district attorney's office on, oh, it was Monday. I'm sorry. It was two days ago. Cuomo was found to have sexually harassed multiple women, and Attorney General Letitia James announced in August after a four-month investigation into the accusations that that was true. But the Oswego County DA's office said there's no sufficient legal basis to bring criminal charges against Cuomo in response to allegations of sexual misconduct brought by all these, what, 14 women? After a thorough review of the available evidence and applicable law, the Oswego County District Office, District Attorney's Office has concluded that there's not a sufficient legal basis to bring criminal charges against former Governor Andrew Cuomo based upon the allegations of unwanted physical contact made by Virginia um, Limiatis. District Attorney Gregory Oakes said on Monday and... NBC New York reported that the fifth and final criminal case against former uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo stemming from the state investigation into allegations of sexual misconduct has been closed. The DA's office confirmed seemingly ending any chance that the disgraced governor might face charges in the fallout. You know what you got there, folks? You got a bunch of district attorneys and, of course, the attorney general of the state working together in tandem to protect one of their own which makes you wonder, why did they go at him so heavy when he was the governor? I'll tell you why. Because they needed to remove him. They needed to remove him for whatever reason they needed to remove him. Nobody really knows the answer to that right now. It definitely wasn't to get Kathy Hochul in there. She's, she's just about as worthless as, uh, well, well, we'll leave it at that. She's worthless, okay? She's absolutely worthless. She has no political capital whatsoever. She has no real experience, and nobody likes her. So why did they remove Andrew Cuomo? That is the story of the day because, ladies and gentlemen, them uh, working together to drop all these charges, even though there was actual physical proof of it, lets you know that they removed him for a reason. We may not know what that reason is, but we will find out in the future, I am sure. Hey, before we go to the next show, this is the, the, next, uh, the next portion of the show. This is the part where I like to stop for a minute and I like to highlight some stuff like a, a company on the America Strong business page. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you would just allow me to do this, maybe this is a good time to grab some coffee. But if you'd allow me to do this, I think it's important for an all boats rise situation. So let's go to JeremyHerald.com to the America Strong business tab. And one of the businesses here is called Touch of Heaven Butterflies. 
Touch of heaven butterflies. Look at that little guy right there. Look at that little cutie. Well, what touch of heaven butterflies is, it's a, it's a company based in North Carolina. And you can contact them by calling the number right there on the screen or by emailing at ljbrady2 at yahoo.com. And what it does, it's a company that uh, you can, you can uh, purchase butterflies for weddings or memorials or any celebration. Also, live butterfly kits for kids to raise their own butterflies. If you got kids or grandkids, folks, that want to raise their own butterflies, or if you live in North Carolina and you want a butterfly wedding or anything like that, then go and check out on the America Strong Business page, A Touch of Heaven. And also, folks, do not forget, we have major sales and specials going on right now. We got new items here. We've got the LFA uh, 15-ounce coffee mug, which has got the... uh, the picture that's behind me during the show, we got the new Armor of God t-shirts in black and white, and we have the Sweetheart Freedom t-shirt deal going on until February 8th right now, where you get two of any color and any size Freedom t-shirts, and you get a free box of chocolates, which I've been eating like crazy in here, and my wife wants them gone. So ladies and gentlemen, check those out and uh, get you a Freedom t-shirt today. And check out that business too. Touch of Heaven Butterflies, that's amazing. That's amazing, and this is something that I want to do every day here on this show is I want to highlight these businesses. There's a reason they're there, and we're all going to work together to make sure that we have each other's backs. All right, let's get back to it. We now, okay, this might be the most important part of the show now, okay, guys? I know you guys have been here. I know it's close to 12. I know you got to go, but this might be the most important part of the show. So I need you to have all your attention right now on what I'm about to say, okay? We now have leaked notes from inside the Biden White House, from inside his administration. Somebody from his administration is leaking this stuff out. Now, there are people who I know who have connections inside the White House, who are getting leaked information every single day. And of course, obviously not going to mention their names, but it's real and it's happening. And part of the leaked notes that came out were from the Situation Room meeting the day before Kabul, Afghanistan, fell to the Taliban. Which, by the way, what I'm about to read you reveals Biden's complete and utter failure and scrambling last minute to get any help he possibly could, which ended up leading to the death of 13 American soldiers, children, Afghanis, everyone. What a complete waste. And what, $100 billion worth of, um, of military equipment going to the enemy. If this alone, ladies and gentlemen, is all that this administration was guilty of, it would be enough to not only impeach them, but put them in jail, if you ask me, because it was an utter failure and they weren't ready for it. And that's what this, these new documents are showing, is that, the, that they knew all about it and they did nothing about it. They couldn't do anything about it because they were just that uh, unprepared, okay? Someone in the Biden administration is leaking documents to the media Leaked White House notes from the Situation Room meeting one day before Kabul fell, obtained by Axios, reveals just how unprepared Joe Biden was for the Afghanistan withdrawal. According to the notes, the Biden regime was scrambling at the 11th hour and just and had just barely notified Afghan allies to, quote, begin to register their interest in relocation to the United States just hours 
before the Taliban took over. The Biden regime was so unprepared that they were still determining which transit points to send evacuees to just hours before the Taliban descended on Kabul. Leaked notes from the White House Situation Room meeting the day before Kabul fell shed new light on just how unprepared the Biden regime was to evacuate Afghan, Afghan nationals who'd helped the United States in its 20-year war against the Taliban. Check this out. It assembles top aides to various cabinet members and usually lays out the groundwork for deputies or principals' sessions or works out practical details for executing decisions already made by their bosses. Here's one bullet point. I'm going to read you four bullet points here. The document regarded relocations out of Afghanistan and the meeting was held from 3.30 to 4.30 p.m. on the afternoon of August 14th, Washington time. The next bullet point. At that moment, Taliban fighters were already descending on Kabul. It was already in motion. Next bullet point. The meeting was chaired by National Security Council official Liz Sherwood Randall and included senior office officials across multiple agencies, including General John Hyten, Vice Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Next bullet point. Between the lines, the meeting notes highlight how many crucial actions the Biden administration was deciding on at the last minute, just hours before Kabul would fall and former Afghan President Ashraf Ghani would flee his palace in a helicopter. Next bullet point. State will work to identify as many countries as possible to serve as transit points. Transit points need to be able to accommodate U.S. citizens, Afghan nationals, third country nationals, and other evacuees. Immediately. Why immediately? Because they had no handle on this from the very beginning. Everything that pretend to be Press Secretary Jen Psaki said was a lie. Everything the Biden administration said was a lie. They tried to spin it as this was us pulling out. No, they had no idea it was going to happen. And they got caught with their pants down. And we all got screwed and 13 people lost their lives. The, uh, em- and the next bullet point, Embassy Kabul will notify LES, which is the locally employed staff, to begin to register their interest in relocation to the United States and begin to prepare immediately for departure. And there was an emphasis on action item, Embassy Kabul, immediately. The inept Biden regime was so caught off guard by how quickly the Taliban moved in and took over. Because of Joe Biden's corruption and bad decisions, like I said, 13 U.S. service members were killed by a suicide bomber in Kabul. Behind the scenes, by the time the Saturday afternoon meeting happened, senior Biden officials across the government had been meeting around the clock to deal with the high-speed unraveling of Afghanistan. A few more bullet points here. The administration had taken some measures that would help them ultimately evacuate more than 120,000 people out of Kabul airport by the 31st of August, the president's revised withdrawal deadline. Amid chaos and death, the effort to remove both U.S. citizen and cooperative Afghan nationals was executed in partnership with allies and many desperate improvised efforts from the private sector and veterans group who ended up being demonized for doing it anyway. Troops were pre-positioned in the region so they could get quickly to Kabul airport to run the evacuation. The administration had accelerated the special immigrant visa approval and Biden officials had explored with other countries the possibility of them serving as transit points for evacuees, which ultimately led to a network that hosted tens of thousands of Afghans waiting for process. 
And in the end, folks, nonetheless, many of the key decisions hadn't been made on the eve of Kabul's fall, which led to all of it. So, long story short, we have all the proof we need just from those leaked notes and emails that show that the Biden administration did not pull out of Afghanistan, that the Biden administration was ran out of Afghanistan, that they were pushed and bullied out of Afghanistan, and American servicemen and women and uh, soldiers were murdered as a result of the failed evacuation because the Biden administration and the Biden regime was not ready for it. And if they were ready for it, and like they lied and said, we pulled out, this was our decision, we knew there was going to be collateral damage and problems, and this is just something that we're going to have to deal with, if that was the case, then they wouldn't have been scrambling at the 11th hour trying to get other allies to help, which really just botched the entire thing anyway. So, long story short, this right here, is enough to impeach and remove both Kamala Harris and Biden in November. Now let's talk about and break down the likelihood and how that would work if that actually happened. After the GOP takes control of the House, Biden needs to be impeached. This is a non-negotiable statement by me right now. There's a lot of discussion in the MAGA circles about impeaching Joe Biden after the midterm elections. But unfortunately, an impeachment requires 60 votes in the Senate. And even the most favorable scenario, it is highly unlikely the GOP will pick up more than four Senate seats. Nonetheless, with the strong likelihood the GOP will definitely take control of the House by a lot, they should pursue the impeachment of Biden. Why? Well, for the same reason that a Democrat-controlled House impeached Trump twice. The Democrats used the impeachment process to persuade millions of people in the middle of the road and independent voters that Trump had done something terribly wrong. Of course, the Democrats' two impeachment efforts were frivolous and did not uh, comport with the constitutional requirements for impeachment at all. But no matter, they used it to create doubt in the minds of low-information voters, and there's little doubt that this narrative broke away some previous pro-Trump votes. The GOP needs to do the same thing here. But it doesn't need to base the impeachment upon petty allegations that basically amount to policy differences like the Democrats do. The Republicans can justify an impeachment due to the slew of Biden policies that violate the Constitution, like the border, like the energy crisis, and are clearly impeachable offenses. It is time that the Republican Party holds him and at least somebody accountable. Some impeachment hearings should be dragged out for six months so that by the time the 2024 president election rolls around, every American will know about the unprecedented assault on our constitutional rights. Okay? So what this is all boiling down to, folks, is fight. Fight, fight, fight. Action, action, action. Stop going, well, well, we need to get rid of Mitch Mc. China. We need to get rid of Kevin McCarthy. We need to get rid of Rana McDaniel. And we see need to send these McDumdums the McHell out of here and put people in there that will McDo their jobs, which is what we, the Mc people, want. Amen? And we're going to make it happen. I promise you, we are going to make that happen. I'm not talking about promising on the impeachment because we can't count on the Senate to really do anything, even if they do win four seats. What we need to do is we need to focus on getting a couple of those Democrat senators to our side. And I know two right now that are right for the picking, right for that picking, folks. Okay. Whoo, son of a gun. I need a drink after that.
All right, let's move on. We're talking about senators that we could pull over, right? Well, Manchin made another amazing statement, ladies and gentlemen. Joe Manchin made another amazing statement about the broke back Biden bill. <laughs> I love calling it that. Joe Manchin was asked again about the broke back Biden bill. And let me just read to you how this went down. Senator Joe Manchin declared yesterday that President Biden's vast social and environmental bill is dead. Using his strongest language to date to underscore that any revival of Democrats' top domestic priorities would have to arise from brand new, start over from the beginning, fresh negotiations. The remarks by the West Virginia Democrat didn't, substant- uh, didn't substantively alter the stance that he'd taken in December when he said that he couldn't support the legislation as written, essentially dooming it anyway. But his latest comments illustrated the election year challenges facing his party as it struggles to resuscitate parts of the package and win over voters weary of the two old pandemic, the two year old pandemic and coping with the worst inflation in decades. This is what Manchin said when asked what build back better bill using the legislation's names. When reporters asked about it, he said, quote, there is no, I mean, I don't know what you're all talking about. Asked if he'd had any more talks about the Build Back Better bill. And he said, no, 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 no. Four no's, not just one and me repeating it. He said, no, 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 no. It's dead. Why did Joe Manchin go from, I'm open to talk with anybody. I'm always open for conversations to have with either side of the aisle. I just can't support it. Why did he go from that to no, 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 no. It is dead. Because of the way the Democrats have treated him the last couple months. That's why. Kirsten Cinema is starting to make the same kind of comments. Like I said, who is ripe for the picking? We, not, we don't need to look at this as a... We're in a war, folks. Face it. We are in a civil war already right now. We don't need to look at this as like, oh, we don't agree with everything they say. Hell, I probably agree with more about with Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema than I do Kevin McCha- uh, McCarthy or Mitch McChina. So we don't need to look at it as like, oh, we don't agree with everything they say. We don't agree with hardly anything they say. We need to look at this as a strategic option. We need to look at this as a strategic opportunity. And if anybody can do it, it's President Trump as Speaker of the House in that position in in the Capitol. And I I, I just want that to happen so badly. I just want that to happen so badly. But Manchin came out with some strong language yesterday and said, no, 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 no. It's dead. D-E-A-D, dead. And now we're going to end the show, folks, and I got some good news, okay? President Trump, remember what I told you? Remember when we've been, we've said it a thousand times here. President Trump does things behind the scenes that nobody knows what's happening. He says things constantly that you think to yourself, how could he say that unless he knows something that we don't know? Now, I'm going to break something to you that a lot of people don't know. What President Trump has been up to behind the scenes. While President Trump has been sending the entire mainstream media and all of these Democrat dumb-dumb politicians into a frenzy chasing their tail about election fraud and voter fraud and forensic audits and audits here and counting here and miscounts and recounts and court cases, while President Trump, oh, this is amazing, while he's been sending everybody on this mission, including myself, 
He's actually working behind the scenes. I don't even know if I want to say this because I don't want to. I mean, I guess it's not really any secret now because some reporters on the left are finally catching on. President Trump has been working behind the scenes to get Secretary of State, Trump supporting Secretary of State. President Trump has been building a team of American first Secretary of State candidates to win for their, their state to be the Secretary of State. Now, nobody wants this job, by the way. Secretary of State's one, like one of the worst jobs you can have in a state. It really is. It's not fun. There's too much work to do. You have little resources to do it. Everybody looks at you when something goes wrong. It's your job to clean up voter rolls. It's your job. But why are, these, why are a lot of these people in this position? Because what is the Secretary of State's primary job? To oversee and maintain the integrity of the election and to ultimately certify those elections, those electors in that state and send them to Washington, D.C. President Trump has 24 Secretary of States built up on his team that he is backing and that he has running for the Secretary of State of that state. Why? Because President Trump knows something that we all have learned over the last couple of years. The power resides with the state and the state legislature. The state legislature makes election laws, and now these Secretary of States are going to make sure those election laws are followed and then ultimately certify that election and send it. Without those Secretary of States in each one of those states certifying those elections, then we don't get a certified uh, slate of electors coming from that state. And President Trump is going to make sure that those states, uh, those Secretary of States in each one of those states are MAGA secretaries. That's where the power is, folks. That is where the power is. And President Trump is not going to make the same mistake twice. Not at all. And I think that's a wonderful, wonderful tactic by President Trump. And even if the entire left figured it out already by me saying it or, or doing something, there's nothing they can do about it. It's already in full effect. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to give the Smarty Award of the Day right here to President Donald J. Trump for understanding exactly how to win a war. Like I told you yesterday, folks, it's not only the art of the deal, it's the art of the comeback. And this man knows how to make a comeback, and this man knows how to build a team, and this man knows how to uh, fulfill promises. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of the show. So I hope you had a good time today. I had a great time. We raised a lot of money for the Slurp Fund. We raised a lot of money for Live from America today. Thank you to all who donated. Whether it was $1 or $500, the gesture and the kindness and the compassion remains the same. I love each and every one of you. I'm always going to be dedicated to the show 100 miles an hour, full speed, and we're going to make sure that we bring restoration, healing, joy, and a rebirth of America in 2022. Remember, folks, there are right ways and there are wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, and keep your chest out, and keep your head up high. Because you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. God bless each and every one of you. I'll see you at 5 p.m. for more Life from America. Until then, keep your head up, stay strong, spread the gospel, and keep your families close. See you later. I love each and every one of you.